0: Hello, and thank you for joining me today for Give Him 15. This is day three of our series from the pleasure of his company, a book that will help you connect much more strongly and effectively with the Lord. The title of our post today is The Dance. I'm not a great dancer. Okay. Okay. I'm not even an average dancer. Fine, I can't dance at all. When I was a teenager, there was a popular dance called the funky chicken. I think my version of this controlled flopping was probably the closest I've ever come to performing a dance properly. I actually thought it was pretty good. I actually thought I was pretty good at it until my friends tagged my version, the flopping, chicken. Mom saw me practicing once and freaked out. Are you okay, she screamed, thinking I was having a seizure. Yeah, I'm good, I assured her, just doing the funky chicken. Get him off sugar, Dad murmured from across the room before he breaks something. Looks like he's being stung by a swarm of bees, joked Tim, my brother. He's always been mercy-motivated. A few years back, my wife Cece talked me into taking some private ballroom dancing lessons. I resisted at first knowing this wouldn't end well, but it became clear it was important to her. So against all wisdom, I succumbed. You've probably heard the expression, but have you ever really seen a drunken sailor? My dogs actually ran outside, wouldn't come near me for days. Maybe we should just take walks together, Cece said. Yeah, I said, unless they bring back the funky chicken. Dancing, for those who are fortunate enough to have the right genes, is considered great fun. It is, in fact, associated with joy who hasn't heard the phrase, dancing for joy. When we are sad, we tend to become more inactive. But when we're joyful or celebrating, we jump, dance, twirl around. And so does God. No, I'm not kidding. He dances. There's a little known verse in the Old Testament that gives a wonderful description of God's dancing heart toward his kids. Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy, be quiet in his love, and he'll rejoice over you with shouts of joy. In Hebrew, the word translated rejoice, rejoicing over us, is the Hebrew word gul which literally means to spin around under the influence of any violent emotion. That's what I said. He dances. Hebrew is a picture language, pictorial language. A word paints a picture or creates an image. Though through the word picture, ghoul uh, represents, spinning around emotionally, it's easy to see why it's translated into English words like joy, rejoice, glad, delight. But really, do these translations do justice to this awesome little word? No way. I experienced joy last weekend when, through my status as an executive platinum flyer with American Airlines, I was upgraded to first class. I actually rejoiced sending a text to CC that read, awesome, upgraded. But I didn't jump up in the terminal and dance around. I experience joy when one of my teams wins a football game. but I don't typically ghoul over it, however, when the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl a few years back, I ghouled, losing all dignity. I jumped, screamed, spun around, shaking my fists in the air. I high-fived everyone around me, whether I knew them or not. Ghouling brings people together. The day I'm writing this chapter happens to be New Year's Eve. People will be ghouling all over the world tonight with individuals they don't even know. But really, Dutch, are you saying God acts this way over his kids? No, Zephaniah did. In the great story of the prodigal son, the prodigal's father depicted our heavenly father. When the wayward son returned home His father was so excited, he threw a party accompanied by music, dancing, and great rejoicing. I can't prove it, but I know who was leading the dance. Dad. The guy who ran to meet his returning son, butchered and fattened, and butchered the fattened calf and threw the party. That's who danced. One of my favorite lexicons says the word rejoice in the New Testament in the prodigal story may be related to a Hebrew word that describes a young sheep or lamb skipping and frisking with joy. The same word is used to describe how angels in heaven act when a person comes to Christ. There's a new description of heaven for most of us happy, playful, skipping God with his happy, frolicking angels. Some will think I'm insulting God's dignity by ascribing to him human emotion and celebrative actions. Let me assure you, this is not my intention. I don't for a moment believe God acts like us. I believe we act like Him. We were created in God's image, likeness. That means we have emotions because He has emotions. We love because He loves. Laugh because He laughs. Cry because He cries. Dance because He dances. If your concept of him is a distant, stoic, and boring entity, think again. You've probably read the popular Footprints poem, which depicts the Lord carrying us through difficult situations in life. I like the following version better. A woman had a dream in which her life with Jesus was pictured by footprints in the sand. For much of the way, for much of the way, the Lord's footprints went along steadily. Her prints, however, began in a disorganized stream of zigzags, starts, stops, turnarounds, circles, departures, returns. But gradually, her footprints were in line with the Lord's eventually paralleling his consistently. She and Jesus were walking as true friends. Then an interesting thing happened. Her footprints began walking precisely in his steps. Inside his large footprints were her smaller prints. She and Jesus were becoming one. Then gradually the footprints Inside, the larger footprints seemed to grow bigger, eventually disappearing altogether. There was only one set of footprints. They had become one. Then something awful happened. The second set of footprints was back. Zigzags all over the place. Stop, start, deep gashes in the sand, a veritable mess of prints. She was saddened, shocked. In her dream, the lady went to the Lord in prayer, asking to understand. Lord, I understand the first scene with the zigzags and so on. I was a new Christian, just learning. But you helped me learn to walk with you. That's correct, rep- replied the Lord. Then when the smaller footprints were inside of yours, I was actually learning to walk in your steps, following you closely. yes. Very good. Then the smaller footprints grew and eventually filled in yours. I was growing so much, I was becoming more like you in every way. Precisely. But Lord, they went back again to two sets of footprints, this time more chaotic than at the first. Was there a regression in my life? The Lord smiles. And laughs you didn't know that was when we danced you gotta love that I'm fully aware that some in the super religious crowd won't approve of my fun loving God this depiction of him will be considered irreverent to, by them perhaps even heretical If you really wanna know what they believe about God's personality, go to one of their worship services. But, forgive me for being so blunt, you might wanna drink an espresso on the way. Frankly, I think even God gets bored with many church services. Trust me, the God of scripture isn't starchy and religious. Our worship gatherings should be celebrations where we join hands with Papa God and have a little fun frisking, leaping, and dancing. Shabbat, the Hebrew word for Sabbath, means not only to stop or cease from work, but also to celebrate. In much the same way we celebrate certain days, Holidays, for example, by resting from work. This is the concept of Shabbat or Sabbath. On the seventh day, God stopped working and celebrated. He was so excited about having a family, he decided it would be commemorated with a rest and celebration day. That puts a new twist on taking a Sabbath. Every seventh day, we should all rest and celebrate our membership in God's family with joy and great rejoicing. If we did so, the gospel we preach would be a lot more appealing. Abandon your concept of a passionless, boring God. Reject all religious stereotyping of Him. Let your Heavenly Father Be real, relevant, relational, and fun. Only then will you truly experience the pleasure of his company. Look up. I think he's asking for this dance. Let's pray. Father, we are amazed at your passionate love toward us, leaping and rejoicing over us just as we do our kids. We've allowed religion to tell us, Satan is fun, you are boring. He laughs, you're always somber. Forgive us. You created fun and laughter we are thrilled to think our Heavenly Father is fun-loving, real, relevant, and relational. May our heart's response to your passionate love be increasingly undignified. Like David, may we dance unashamedly over our relationship with you. Teach us that holy doesn't mean somber. Omnipotence isn't stoicism, and above all others doesn't equate to unreachable. Bring a presence movement to the church that reveals your true nature and shows the world how irresistible you truly are. And our decree, we believe and declare that the coming great awakening will result in the greatest celebrations of worship in earth's history. Amen. Well, today's post was taken from a book, The Pleasure of His Company, published by Baker Books, and I thank you for joining me and I hope to see you again